Welcome to Generation X Paranormal. I am your host, Logan Mathias. On this show, we embrace every aspect of the paranormal, all the way from bumps in the night to strange things in flight. As a member of the U.S. Armed Forces, I was all over this wonderful world. I feel like most things you see can be explained, but there are definitely a lot of those that you just cannot. With that in mind, join us and welcome to Generation X Paranormal. Welcome back. Um, so we've got a, a special date coming up. Uh, you know, by by the look of the calendar, it is March 15th today. And as you know, uh, just in a couple short days or really a day and a half now, we're going to be celebrating St. Patrick's Day. And St. Patrick's Day to me has always been one of those holidays where, you know, I, I think my favorites are probably Halloween and, and Christmas. Um, only because Halloween's so cool, it's, you know, you got that dark, scary, mystery type thing to it. And of course, Christmas, you know, you're celebrating with family. So, but with that, I think that, I think that St. Patrick's Day is one of those where it's just a lot of good celebration, you know, and it, it makes you feel like the end of a winter and you're, you're excited to get the heck out of the house and not freeze half to death. And, um, that's, that's kind of what. It's kind of what St. Patrick's Day is kind of meant to me. Um, you know, I think often being being American, sometimes we get into that that danger zone of cultural uh, appropriation. You know, that <laughs> this Gaelic thing and this this thing from Ireland, and you know, we're going to get into a lot of the history of it. But you know, just because we want to automatically assume St. Patrick's Day with a you know, a little leprechaun or a, a four-leaf clover or a, whatever it is, the color green for that matter. You know, it, how much of that is reality and how much of that is is stuff that we have somehow appropriated from from the people of Ireland and, and the Gaelic uh, culture, you know. But kind of kind of leading into, into that, leading into the wind, so to speak, I will probably start this off with, talking about the leprechaun itself and kind of the history and you know kind of where we're at with that and what started the whole thing and in studio today I've got Nicole and she's done quite a bit of research on this so you know it's it's a lot there's and keep in mind we are Americans so there's going to be stuff that we're going to have difficulty pronouncing so uh, those of you in Ireland or those of you with Irish and Gaelic capabilities please uh tread lightly on us please so and on this show we tend to try to we try to i guess bring all evidence together from a kind of a middle of the road perspective you know we cover quite a bit of different things including you know cryptids and cryptids cryptids i should say are part of the paranormal um and it is definitely something we talked about i've i've covered bigfoot before um, you know, and it certainly won't be the last cryptid that we cover. Um, and I don't even know that you call Leprechaun a cryptid. It's, it's more of a mythical creature, but, you know, I guess at this point, it, it's probably the only quote unquote category I could put that in as far as paranormal. Um, but to debate all this, I've got, I've got Nicole in the office and, uh, she's done quite a bit of research. And I think we need to probably start off with 
sort of some of the history behind it and the origins of the leprechaun. Uh, Nicole, what did what did you find? What were some of the, the interesting facts you kind of discovered? Well, there was lots of research done, and there are different stories of where they think it originated. Um, but what seems to be the most popular is the leprechaun is known to be of the fairy family. So... Okay. In, in Ireland, Scotland, Wales, all those Celtic um, type areas, they do believe in a lot of different stuff I was finding, um, right. which is some I already knew about, some I didn't. Um, but the fairy family is very wide. They have a different fairy for this, a different fairy for that. So the leprechaun um, is supposed to be a child of an evil spirit and a degenerate fairy, hmm. which is why it's not actually good or evil. That's interesting. Um, so, I was just gonna say, so, so it's not really a fairy, but it's from the fairy family. Yes and no. Okay. Some people will say it's a fairy. Some people will say it's just part of the fairy family, or they're they're kind of the um, head of the fairy family. Hmm. So not just a uh, a clever little mascot for a cereal box. No. <laughs> No. That's that's kind of what we're used to here in this neck of the woods, right? Well, yeah. I mean, Americans, we like to um, take things from other countries and turn it into our own usually goofy thing. Right. And, and I think it's pretty offensive Yeah. Um, in a lot of ways. And, you know, while St. Patrick's Day is, is an important holiday for us... I think we sometimes take it too far, and it, and it does become offensive to the Irish when it should be, you know, celebrating a community of people that most of us have descended from. Right. Yeah, and that's, that's another really big key piece is that, you know, we've got so much Irish uh, beginnings as Americans that, you know... It's it's odd that we have found a way to kind of like I said before culturally appropriate some of the stuff that I mean like some of the research we'll get into you know this was this is something that that the Irish culture sees and values and it's very important to them so you know it's just I could see where there would be a lot of offensive type comments made and thoughts and I could see where people of Irish descent would be really taken aback by that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's something that is a legend mm-hmm. or folklore, um, but I think even today, I mean, there are a lot of people in Ireland that do believe in leprechauns. Sure. They swear that they've seen them, hmm. you know, and whether or not they've actually seen them or, or they've seen something like them. Or, I mean, we can't just say that it's all in their head and they're just making stuff up because we have our own thing as Americans that we say that, like Bigfoot, (laughs) you know, how many actually Irish born people that live in Ireland are going to believe in a Bigfoot? Probably not many. They probably think we're making it up and that we're crazy, right? So it's the same thing on both sides, I would would say. But, you know, we like to turn it into a, a goofy man on a cereal box stealing people's children and <laughs> all that <laughs> yeah. stuff, you know? Yeah. So, um, 
it's just it is what it is you know we got you got to try to be as respectful as possible yeah is what i would like to do in speaking about this because i don't want to be offensive um, sure. it is important to me you know i'm a descendant of of irish americans and and scottish americans and lots of a whole different thing of european but a lot of irish yeah um and if it weren't for them, I wouldn't be here. No, I think I think it could be said for for myself too. I've got a little bit of Irish in my background and Scottish as well. So no, I I definitely want to want to be ultimately respectful of that view for sure. Um, you know, and and that's the thing. Everybody talks about these things that just they can't exist. They, there's no way it exists, and and you know we we allow ourselves to believe in this but not believe in that. Um, and there's so much kind of, I guess, hypocrisy in the whole thing, because, you know, there was this there was this thing for many, many years. And this is probably tell my age a little bit. But, you know, um, we always talked about the giant squid. You know, that was the thing. I think it was on in, you know, 20,000 leagues under the sea or something like that. And there was this huge giant squid that that I guess would, you know, hunt boats. And everybody said, well, there's no way that could exist. It doesn't exist. There's no way, you know. Well, guess what? We freaking found one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It happens. You know, so, yeah, um, I'm with you. Let's let's definitely keep that in mind. Um, and I urge our listeners to, to, you know, broaden your broaden your horizon a little bit. I know that, you know, a lot of what we cover and a lot of what we talk about, some firsthand that we've gone through and some that we just kind of kind of talk about, like today's episode, Um you know, we just kind of keep an open mind, um, as I'm sure, you know, people in, in other countries and other cultures have to kind of keep a, an open mind for some of the things that, that Americans believe. So, um, but yeah, so getting kind of started, what were, what was the, what's kind of the origin of it? Well, first I'm going to say, <laughs> um, a lot of these words are of a Gaelic, Gallic nature. And I'm going to say I do not know how to pronounce them. It's hard to find pronunciation. Um, and so if I butcher it, I am very, very sorry. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but I will do the best that I can. Okay. Um, so the first record of them, you know, tales of seeing leprechauns, first emerged in the 8th century. And it says, When legends about tiny water dwellers began circulating among the Celts. Okay, so... If you don't know much about Irish history, I mean, they're, they're what the people are today have descended from lots of different things. I mean, there have been people move in, as you would just any other country. Um, you know, the original Gallic people are not the same as the people that are there now. Sure. You know, there's a lot of mixed, mixed bits. So the Celts were, you know, one of those basically tribes of people. Kind of druid type. Yes. Okay. Now, I don't know, like, 100%, sure. and if I mess this up, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there was Celts, and there was Gaelics, and there was, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is back in the beginning, basically. Okay. okay. Um, they think that the name for Leprechaun originally came from the word Lucrepon, okay? Sure. Which means a small body, and that kind of tracks with what we're finding as far as the stature of leprechauns. They're said to be two to three feet tall. 
So that would, you know, match basically. Right. Um, but the earliest mention of these um, comes from a medieval tale about a legendary king of Northern Ireland, uh, Fergus MacLeddy. Mm, okay. Okay. And he was the king of Ulster, and apparently he fell asleep by the beach. When he woke up, he found three Lucrapon, or little bodies, attempting to drag him into their undersea lair. Hmm. Okay. Um, he captures them, but then releases them after he has promised three wishes, which kind of goes with, yeah. you know, even if you know the Lucky Charms Leprechaun. Sure. <laughs> it's all about catching him, you know, to get right. his pot of gold, get the wishes, right? Okay, so they're they're thought to be descendants of the Tuath Dedanan. Okay, which are a group of magical beings that served under the Gaelic goddess Danu. Okay, mm-hmm. they were supposedly there in Ireland long before even humans were there. So these are, you know, supposed to be beings from supernatural beings, paranormal beings, whatever, from like way back when. So they predate humanity. Yes. Yeah, so spiritual. Okay. Um, is what I, from what I understand. Um, there's no female leprechauns. Okay. Um, Why is that? I don't know. I guess they can't procreate. Hmm. Like, That's in traditional, like, the way humans do. Okay. So they're all said to be male. Okay. Um, there's different sources that say that the leprechauns are actually unwanted children of the fairy community. So the fairies don't want one. They kick it out. The like the black sheep of the fairy family. Mm. You're forced to be a leprechaun. You know, live solitary. You know, sure, solitary life. That's interesting because if you think about it, just from an everyday standpoint, and I know this is going to sound really bad, and it's really not intended to, but you know, in those times, if you were to have a child that was two to three foot. You know, maybe maybe those families felt like that was a, maybe an abomination or maybe, you know, maybe it was just um, it was better for them to either cast them out or, God forbid, kill them, you know, because maybe in those times they thought they weren't going to be able to live a very fruitful life. So um, it, it tracks a little bit and unfortunately kind of how kind of how people in certain societies will sort of do that and I know you can look at at you know Game of Thrones say for example now you had Tyrion who was the imp right mm-hmm. and they basically they wanted to cast him out too in fact his dad tried to kill him so you know that's it, you know that kind of couples with that okay we can talk about the the lore of it but then you you inject some of that humanity in it and you go okay I I can see where some of that tracks pretty well mm-hmm well, and even in Ireland and Scotland, possibly in Wales, England, I don't know, they did, like, if, if they had a baby that was sick or something, this is, you know, actually proof that they did these things. If there was something wrong with the baby or it was sick, they would actually take it out into the forest and they would leave it because they thought that the, it was the, a fairy changeling is what they said. Right. And so they would leave it out there for the fairies to take it back, which in turn, the baby would die, right? Sure. Um, and I know there's more to that story. I'm not exactly sure of it, but I mean, 
you know, they were very surrounded in mystical upbringing. Right. You know, especially in the early days. Um, but you've got paganism there, you know, mm-hmm. which, you know, um, most people don't know this, but a lot of American holidays are from pagan beliefs mm-hmm. and and things that they did. Right. Um, that they basically had to hide when they came to America or they would have been slaughtered by the Christianity part of it. Yeah. And so they turned Christmas as a pagan holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, Halloween is a pagan holiday. Sure there is. are a lot of things ingrained in our American culture that come from these areas of the world that most people have no idea yeah. that they come from. Like in Christmas, the Christmas tree, that's pagan. Is it really? Yes. I don't think I knew Halloween, that. jack-o'-lantern. Yeah, that I knew. Yeah. That's that's Irish. Um, mm-hmm. But they use turnips instead of, you know, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. pumpkins. So, I mean, there's a lot of that stuff, you know, so we can't be like, oh, they're just, you know. Sure. Da-da-da-da-da. Because... <laughs> yeah, a lot of our own celebrations mm-hmm. and beliefs come from that very, that root, mm-hmm. you know? So, with that being said, I mean, if if they were, if they did do that with their kids, you know, and they somehow sur- survived like that, you know, they would be alone. They would sure. be, you know, and out that- there in the woods living by themselves. Yeah. And, and wouldn't um, that in turn make you probably not the easiest going well, person? Yeah. And yeah. they're because they're known to be grouchy. They're known to be untrusting mm-hmm. and, and solitary. You know, so I mean, it it is a theory, one of our theories, but it yeah. doesn't necessarily mean that's what it is. But no, no, and that's just it. I don't think that something something like what we're talking about will ever be. I mean, of course, there's the, and we'll talk about this, there's the the discovery, quote-unquote, of, you know, remains or different things, or they've been caught, or, or things like that, and all that's really subjective, of course, you know? Well, yeah, we have that with our own stuff. Right. right. I mean, how many times do you think that, you know, somebody said they've caught, you know, uh, pictures of the Tooth Fairy, for, or anything like that, you know, something dumb, right. you know? Right. So, yeah, I mean... That's interesting as far as the descendants and and kind of where the legend comes from. Um, what else did you discover? Well, right now, you know, when you when I say leprechaun, I'm going to give you guys a second just in your head. Like, what do you think of when you hear leprechaun? Okay. You know, red I can hair. Tell you what, I'll tell you what I see. Right. Well, what I kind of see is, and I know this is probably terrible, but I kind of see the um, the Notre Dame fighting Irish mm-hmm. thing. You know, I kind of see that mascot, the the red beard, the green hat, the you know the green suit, and like um, you know, I know this is gonna sound terrible, but like elf shoes that are green, right? Right. You know, that's right. kind of what I, I picture. Yeah, I mean, and and that's how they're basically known today. Um, they're you know everything's green, and it's like an old little man dressed in a hat and suit. Wearing buckled shoes and possibly smoking a pipe. But this is not how they actually originated. Hmm. Or how they were originally known. Um, They were usually depicted as wearing red. And they would wear different three-cornered hats. Interesting. 
okay? Um, but they've evolved into this green-wearing little man, um, and they think it's because, you know, when you think of Ireland, you think of the color green. You know, it's, it's on the Irish flag, um, and we call Ireland the Emerald Isle. Yep, sure do. So there's the, the green there. Well, and even, I mean, we're sitting in a room, you know, I know the listeners don't know this, but we're sitting in a room that I generally type, kind of put some LED lighting in, and I've got it green because, well, we're kind of, kind of in that, you know, in that mode. So, yeah, I mean, it, green is what you automatically think well, of. St. Patrick's Day. Right, exactly. The, <laughs> all the parades is nothing but green, green, mm-hmm. green everywhere. And it's interesting that green. its origin did not come from that. No. So originally it was red, but they've turned him into wearing green, you know, and hmm. like all the little caricatures and drawings and, and such. So it's just crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wonder where, and I don't know that we even found this, but I wonder where that, where that changed. I mean, for what reason? That I don't know. It almost makes you wonder because St. Patrick's Day kind of happens during the March. end of the end of the of the winter, mm-hmm. so you want to right. You want to think of spring, so mm-hmm. spring is typically green. So, right. I mean, I would think it's somewhat rooted in that. Of course, I don't know, but right. I, I mean, it's the only thing that kind of makes some sense because I think they still had him looking, quote unquote, facially the same. Mm-hmm. It's just his. Lack of better words is outfit, which I know that's not the right thing to say. Oh you know. well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Everything else seems to be the same. Hmm. It's interesting. What um, I'm looking at some of this, some of this information, and what what's the deal with the cobbler hammer? So leprechauns, okay. Mm-hmm. Their whole deal is that they, they're they supposed to be kind of in charge of the other fairies, okay? They are, um, they hide in tiny underground caves or hollow tree trunks, you know, because they're living out in the woods. When people hear them, they hear a tapping, like a, what they say, a cobbler hammer, because they are shoemakers, mm. <laughs> okay? Okay, yeah. Okay. Um, they can be heard dancing. Um, to to traditional Irish music and they're known to play instruments. Okay? Mm -hmm. Um, Their name, Leprechaun, is also associated with the old term Lith Brogan, meaning shoemaker. Okay. Okay, so I think that's why they associated the cobbler hammer and the shoemaker, you know, and they're said to make these shoes and that's how they make their, their gold. Oh, okay, basically, okay. and that's they are, trade. They're, they're like the bankers of the fairy world. Gotcha. From what okay. I understand, so that's kind of their trade, and that's how they, quote unquote, work. Right. right. Okay. And they control the money because the other fairies are very um, frivolous with their money, so they kind of, <laughs> you know, they're Chase Bank <laughs> for the awesome. fairy world. Okay. Bank of America, but Bank yeah. of Ireland, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay, well, here's where I think some of the the lore comes in, and I find it interesting because I'm kind of looking over some of your notes, but the the rainbow. I find that, you know, of course, I'm an American. I've eaten probably more than I need to eat of Lucky Charms. Mm-hmm. And on the cover of Lucky Charms is a 
rainbow, right? Mm -hmm. And then you get all your different colors, all your marshmallows, you know, admittedly, that's, that's what I see. And I find it interesting, I know you'll talk about it, but the, the parallel between the rainbow and the leprechaun wasn't always so. No, I mean, that was something that I think came in later. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they're basically, I mean, they're, you know, they're the shoemaker, so they have the gold, right? So they're known to hoard, hoard the gold and hide it. Okay, and then I think the rainbow came in much later. But initially, you know, the whole thing was, even with the, the king, you know, he had, you get, you got to catch him in order to find the gold. Mm. Um, you're not supposed to take your eyes off of him. Because right. if, he, if you do, he'll immediately disappear. Hmm. But if you catch him, then you secure a wee bit of luck. Hmm. Okay, that's okay. what they're known for, Okay. And they give you three wishes to grant their freedom to get away from you. Hmm. And what so do we always say? Their, if you catch them, you get their gold and then they provide you wishes? Three wishes. Okay. Mm-hmm. But you can't take your eyes off of them because as soon as you do, he'll disappear and you won't get anything. Okay? <laughs> yeah. But if you get a wee bit of luck, when we think about the Irish, we always say what phrase? Luck of the Irish. Luck of the Irish. Yeah. And they think that's where the luck of the Irish term came from. Huh. Wow. I mean, it's it's so interesting when you when you look at it from that 30,000 foot view that, you know, you, you don't know where some of these terms come from. And that's just, mm-hmm. that's pretty wild. Um, you know, and it says here they do some, some practical jokes. What, um, what were some of the practical jokes that you found? Well, they're they're kind of known to be tricksters, and I think they're <laughs> this one story I found over and over and over. So I think this is one of the main, you know, legends that right. people pass down um, to each other. But apparently, there was someone that a man managed to catch a leprechaun, and he forced him to tell him the secret location of his treasure. Okay. okay? Um, so the leprechaun, you know, pointed to a tree. And the man said, okay, I'm going to tie my, my bandana around the branch. And he, he's like, I'm going to run, you know, run home and get my shovel, basically, so I can dig up the gold. Sure. And he tells the leprechaun, he goes, don't you dare take that off the tree. <laughs> right? Seems perfectly reasonable, yeah. yeah. So he promises he's not going to take it off the tree. So the man runs home, gets a shovel, comes back. When he returns to the forest... All the trees have red bandanas <laughs> tied around them, so there is no way for him to know Man. where the gold is. Of course, the leprechaun's gone. Right. So that that's the trickster. Like, he promises. He keeps his promise. Sure. He just... Embellishes a bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I mean, you know, they're not necessarily evil. Sure. I mean, I know the, the people of Ireland, I've, I've heard many accounts of, you know, like, you know, don't you don't don't play tricks on them and don't you know tease them and you know that they are wary of them you know and that's most of the stories you hear but then every once in a while you'll hear different stories about them being good and being kind like i know there's a legend that mentions there was a nobleman i guess that offered a ride to a leprechaun on his horse and his cuss his castle was crumbling down to the ground and 
Um, because he was so kind to the leprechaun, the leprechaun filled it with his castle with gold and he was able to repair it. So, Jeez. I mean, these are legends, right? right? So you go this far. <laughs> yeah. And you know, on them. It's also kind of like one of those redemption stories. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, if you're If you're in that camp of these were cast aside children or whatever, and they, they don't trust anybody. And, and if you give them and you show them some respect or show them any, you know, any kind of kindness, you know, that probably does ring pretty true. You know, they would, Mm -hmm. they would reward. I mean, if, if, like I said, if you're just looking at this from a, from a humanity standpoint, if these are, if these are quote unquote children, which I'm sure at this point they're not, but you know, if they were, you know, and, and you do something kind for them, and then they had that kind of thing. They want to reward that behavior. So, I mean, that's that, right. that, that sort of makes a lot of sense to me. You know? So, I'm looking at this 1989, um, and I've seen some of this because you're showing it to me. Um, and it's it's pretty fascinating. But can you tell me a little bit about the uh, the gentleman in Carrington, Ireland, or Carlington? Man, I can't even talk today. Carlingford, Ireland. So, this man is actually known as the Leprechaun Whisperer now. But in 1989, in Carlingford, Ireland, (laughs) he claimed that he found evidence of a real leprechaun on a mountain called... Sleeve Foy, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. I mean, that's the way I'd pronounce it, yeah. Okay. So he said that he was, you know, just hiking in the mountains, and he said he heard a scream, and he went towards the sound, and near a wishing well, he found bones and a tiny suit and gold coins near scorched earth. Hmm. So he brought it home, you know, and of course, everyone in Ireland was like, you know, knew about the story and they sure. had him on the news and he's got the little suit with him and, and we'll put pictures up, you know, yeah. but it's just like a tiny little suit. It's not green. However, it doesn't look green. What's it look? It's a dark color. Okay. It might be a dark green, but it looks very, very dark. Not your black. traditional emerald no, green. Okay. No, but it's got the little hat and the, you know, and everything. <laughs> Um, and it would be about the size. Um, so what he found, it says the evidence is now dis- displayed behind a glass case where visitors can see it. Okay. So now, because that happened, um, every year they have a leprechaun hunt <laughs> at Sleefoy. Okay. And people come from all over the world. Is it kind of like an Easter egg hunt? Uh, kind of. Yeah. Kind of like that, yeah. I mean, they hide, like, ceramic leprechauns in the, on the mountain. Okay? Oh, okay. Yeah. And they do put, you know, money under it. And you got do have to buy, like, pay for a hunter's license beforehand, <laughs> which I think is a little funny. That is pretty funny. Um, a hunter's license. That's, uh... That's interesting. You know, it's not like they're hunting deer, but it is pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just part of the whole... Yeah. Celebration. Sure. Makes sense. So, I just want to bring up this leprechaun whisperer one more time. Okay. Um, his name is Kevin Woods. Okay. 
Okay. The and last leprechaun whisper. Yeah, I mean, he's the one that, you know, found the, the outfit and the gotcha. bones and, and everything. Um, but he did something pretty remarkable. Mm, okay. So he spent 19 years campaigning for the part of this Sleefoy Mountain, which is in the Cooley Mountain Range hey. in Ireland, which is important to me because sure. my my grandfather's last name was That's Cooley. Right. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> um, but he campaigned to get this area protected by the European Union. Wow. Because somehow, I don't know how they came up with this number, there's supposed to be 236 leprechauns that still live in the caverns inside this mountain. <laughs> okay. It's kind of an arbitrary number, but yeah, still. Yeah, so it's under the EU Habitats Directive to protect the flora, fauna, and wild animals. Mm-hmm. He got it passed, and in 2009, they received protection with big brown EU signs up on the hill that says it's protected land. Interesting. So nobody can go in and build anything or, you know, he's, he's kept it protected for the leprechauns, which I think is actually, I mean, absolutely remarkable Yeah. that he actually went to a government entity and said, we need to protect this for leprechauns. What would happen here if we did that oh, and said, oh, we need to protect this for Bigfoot <laughs> to live? Lock, they'd lock us up. They'd, whoever put in that, uh, that piece of legislation would probably be... Uh, probably uh put in a sane asylum or something still really cool though i mean mm-hmm. you know i mean even if there is there are no leprechauns right right at least it's protecting the land and the animals mm-hmm. and the plants and which is amazing and you know and they have that hunt every year right which brings in probably a lot of money for the area to sure. help protect it absolutely so that makes sense and also, it's a kind of a neat way to keep that, because, um, you know, some at some point, we're all going to get old. We're all going to pass. We're all going to be long since forgotten, but legends like that can live on. Right. And if you protect that, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, they, it kind of preserves that, that legend. Yeah. And, I mean, somebody actually interviewed Kevin, you know, about basically why he has this hunt you know is it just to make money mm-hmm. and he said no he said but he goes to to for every person who stops believing another leprechaun spirit dies and so the hunt increases the likelihood of more people believing mm. which i think is awesome yeah i mean and when i hear that i think about one of my favorite books as a child named disney movie um, Peter Pan. Sure. Okay. So Jane Barry, the one that wrote um, Peter Pan, is actually of Irish descent. Hmm. And in the book, he talks about, you know, Tinkerbell, basically, if they stop believing in her, right. you know, the fairies die off, which I think is interesting. That was the first time I ever heard that. And I thought that was just a childhood, you know, yeah. thing in a Disney movie. Sure. But. It goes back to those myths and those legends and the, that lore that comes from Ireland right. about the fairies. And Leprechaun's supposed to be a part of that. So the fact that this man has done all this to try to protect the land and keep them alive and make sure people believe in them. That, I mean, I don't even know what to say about no, it. I mean, I mean it's, it's, you're right. It's, it, 
it is kind of a loss for words because, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's certainly not something that you see every day, you know, and it's not atypical of a, a I hate to say this because I'm a very proud American, but um, it doesn't seem like something an American would do, at least not for a leprechaun. Sure, we would do it mm-hmm. for, I would like to think we'd do it for certain animals and stuff like that, but the fact that it comes from uh, protecting a, a mythical, basically a mythical, I don't want to say beast, but just a mythical... Uh, creature. Yeah, creature, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Um, that says a lot about... Number one, that says a lot about the people of Ireland in that area, that not only are they sort of keeping this mythology alive, but it, it they're they're nurturing it and they're they're perpetuating it. They're making it more, you know, they're advancing it and not right. just keeping it as like a dead myth of some sort. Well, and, you know, in you saying that, it makes me think, you know, when a massive group of people get together in any situation and they all believe one thing. It almost creates something. Mm-hmm. Whether you want to believe in that or not, you can feel the energy in something. When you go to a concert, right? You go yeah. to a rock concert, country concert, whatever your sure. thing is. Yeah. And you have all those people singing together. There, There is an energy there that is produced. You bet there is. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, don't want to go there, but <laughs> <laughs> mass, you know groups of people mm-hmm. when they feel a certain way and mm-hmm. you yeah. know they protest or they yes, do whatever they do. there yeah. is energy created there there is feelings and and beliefs that start happening because right. all those people are putting into it yep. you know that that is why cults are so scary yeah um any of those things you know you get these that's why they isolate them and keep them believing all the same thing because then it grows stronger and stronger and stronger. So for something like this to be believed for all this time, I mean, this goes back generations upon generations upon generations. I mean, so far back, we don't even know how far back. Right. Right. It's beyond written history because it's technically beyond human. Yeah. um, Humans. Yeah. I mean, so that has been believed and passed down. And if they all believe it, I mean, could they create something? Sure. I mean... Or at least they believe that it's there. I mean, and you never know. We don't know what we're capable of. No, I of mean, course not. What is it? How much of our brain do we actually use? I think, yeah. 3%. Yeah, and those people that can actually tap into mm-hmm. more of their brain are the ones that can bend spoons with their mind. They can do these things. Absolutely. So if you've got that many people believing the same thing, yeah. could I mean, they create this being? I mean, you got it's it's absolutely true because you know, even if you look at uh, you look at gatherings, there's what they call mob mentality. There's always mass hysteria, or right. you know, you do you get a big group of people together, mm-hmm. and if it's for any reason other than you know something nice, I mean, that is extremely dangerous. Oh yeah. But if it goes the other way, it can also be. You know, uplifting. There could be a lot of powerful things that come from it, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's generally where the genesis of protest comes from. Is that if you get enough people together to to perpetuate an idea, or even just to just to gather for for comfort, that creates an energy. You know, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it it and I've seen it happen. Even concerts. I mean, we the last concert we went to. 
Wallflowers. Wallflowers, there you go. Which is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, yeah. And, um, you know, you just think about that energy, you know. It's not an uncommon thing. So if you you have enough people and they could perpetuate an idea, why couldn't that spawn a reality? Well, yeah. And, I mean, typically, I mean, and this is just from what I know because I research a lot because it's part of... My ancestry, mm-hmm. you know, I, I very much look into the, the Irish and the Scottish and the English and the the Welsh and, you know, the Nordic type countries because that's where my blood comes from. Right. You know, um, so I'm very interested in learning about that. And for people that are listening from other parts of the world that don't understand why Americans are so obsessed with this, <laughs> I'll tell you why. It's because we know that. We did not originate here, except for the Native Americans, which you are part. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the rest of us, we know we didn't originally come from here. And that, the, you know, all our ancestors and people beyond us came from these different countries. Right. Okay. Um, and for those of us that do care deeply, which I am one of them, I want to learn Mm-hmm. What brought them here? Sure. Um, what you know they went through to get here, which was just crazy to me. Right. I know I wouldn't survive it today. Like the things, the hardships that they went through, and the reasons they decided to leave. And we want to know who we belong to, basically. Sure. You know, I think every human, even a little bit, even adoptive kids, want to know where they actually came from. Right? Sure. We just have that need to know well it's an origin story yeah. you know you can't I think you can never really fulfill an end of a life or an end of existence without knowing where you came mm-hmm. from and I think that's maybe why like St. Patrick's Day is such a big holiday because really it doesn't make any sense for it to be such a big holiday in America right not really I mean because no. really it's supposed to be about St. Patrick that came to you know Ireland drove the snakes out or whatever yeah. they say yeah. but he basically brought Christianity right. but yeah. did the the Celts or the Gales or whoever, I don't remember history well enough to say which tribe was there at the time. Sure, yeah. They probably didn't like it very much. No, of course not. Right? Okay, so why are we celebrating St. Patrick so much? It is a Catholic thing. Yeah. Um, and it probably has to do with religion. hmm But most Americans don't celebrate it in that way. We do it because we can drink Guinness <laughs> yeah. beer, sure. right? Yep. And... Dressing green, mm-hmm. you know, and get crazy with our friends and, and dress up like leprechauns and fairies. And because, but I think that the root of it is we just want to feel that tie, sure, to Ireland, yeah, you know, because most of us, most of us have Irish blood running through our veins. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were a lot of Irish here, whether or not they were able to come on their own. Or they came as an injured servant. And quite a bit did come as an yes. injured servant. Yeah. Um, so I think that's, you know, and they're very spiritual people. Yeah. And I so mean, well they believe in all these things. It has been passed down. And I just, I, I think that more than anything is what it is. For sure. I mean. From my it, own personal belief. No, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, that's, that's kind of the journey, you know, that's. Mm-hmm. That's part of what we do for the, even this show is is reflect on that and kind of kind of dive into that because you know it, and this is I'm gonna go a little off track but this is the whole point about paranormal is you look at these things and 
it helps you not only question things, but it also helps you get an idea of where people came from. And it's a discovery of the human race it's a, or human species, I should say. And it's a it's a journey. That's yeah. the whole part of it. And it's out of the norm, paranormal. I mean, mm-hmm. it is what it is. So, no, I listen, I, I agree 100 percent. And, you know, I'm glad you brought that up for sure. Um, and, you know, it, kind of getting back to it. I mean, there is some proof whether whether or not you choose to believe that that's what this physical proof is. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and it's not just with 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 leprechauns, which we're going to get into here in a second. But you do find every once in a while these little nuggets of, of possibility that help kind of keep that momentum going. Oh, yeah. So so kind of case in point. Um, 2002, and this is, this is an interesting one. Um, <laughs> there's even a picture, which we'll, we'll definitely put up in, in either the Facebook group or wherever. But, um, so in 2002, the remains were found, um, at a haunted, uh, castle Karakapuka, I'm guessing. Sure. Um, and that's in Cork. And, uh, so... They found these remains, and, and when I say remains, um, the the picture that I'm looking at, I know is a, a repro- reproduction, right? That's not the actual. Right. Remains. I mean, they took the skeleton, and I think right. an artist dressed it up. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, looking at this thing, uh, it's it, it's a little it's a little it's a little frightening, but um, so at any rate, very um, menacing. Yeah, it's very menacing, I and mean, you look at these teeth and. And you wonder how much of that is, um, I don't know, uh, taking liberty, you know? Yeah. I'm sure there's some of that. But uh, at, at any rate, uh, it's a ruined five-story. We're going to talk about the castle. It's a ruined uh, five-story rectangular tower house uh, situated on a steep-sided rock. Uh, the skeleton remains were then recreated, as we said. Um, but no, it's... Again, just kind of talking about this this reproduction. If you saw this and you had any kind of, if you thought these were real and you saw this thing and it looked like that, I'd I believe mean, in leprechauns. Yeah, I believe. That'd be <laughs> and then I'd be scared. <laughs> yeah, and again, we will definitely put this up in the Facebook group, and um, you know, when we do video later, it, we'll we'll definitely have it in there, but. Yeah, that'll definitely keep... And first of all, we'll get into this in in another episode, I'm sure, but I don't like dolls as it is. So looking at this thing, man, that that is one horrifying image. Mm -hmm. The Um, teeth. Yeah. The teeth get me. Yeah, the teeth. And what... Yeah, I'm kind of at a loss for words, not only with the teeth, but, you know, you look at the hands and it's all... It's like proportionate and yeah... Yeah, I'm not a fan. It, it, that's that's kind of scary. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So we can talk a little bit about um, talk a little about some celebrations, some well-known celebrations um, here shortly, and we can kind of go over go over a few different things. But um, what, what did you want to cover after that? Well, there was one thing. Okay. That has been found. That is the most convincing of everything that I've seen. And it's recent. 
Well, as recent as can be. I guess it wasn't as recent as I'm thinking. Time has passed. Um, Recent enough, really, for us. But in 2018, there was a team of archaeologists from a university in Scotland Hmm. that were doing a dig on an island, um, and I don't know how to say this, Ibrazel, off the west coast of Ireland. Okay. Okay. Um, And they had dug, I know... In a bunch of, I guess it's a set of little islands, you know, and they were mm-hmm. digging and they found old pots and here and here and there. Okay. Sure. Um, but the island is like about nine square miles. Wow, that is small. Okay. Of all, like all the little ones, I think. And so the third one that was more inland from the island's north shore is where they found what I'm about to talk about. Okay. Okay. So they were digging... And they found these bones, and they thought, you know, at first it was like a small child. Okay. Sure. And what I find funny is that, that the archaeologist's name is Dr. Jones. So immediately I go to Harrison Ford. Right. Indiana Jones is now found. Okay. Okay. But they carbon dated the bones and, you know, used their forensic analysis. And <laughs> the team was shocked. Because the bones were a mature adult male dating back 5,500 years to the Neolithic era. Oh, so Neolithic. That's, um, that's Stonehenge type, right? That's pretty far. Mm. No, that's further back. That's further back. Yeah, so that's almost prehistoric time. Mm-hmm. Ooh, okay. Okay. So, they did skeletal re-imaging. Um, they were able to rule out that he didn't have dwarfism. Okay. okay? So, it wasn't a dwarf. Or any other de- developmental defects that could have resulted in him being, you know, small sure. or stunted. Right. Okay. Instead, um, they were looking at a fully grown and proportioned adult measuring just under three feet. Um, when they did the test for age of death, you know, they could do that from the bone. Mm-hmm. Um, they kept coming back flawed. They thought it was flawed because the results kept telling them 3,000, some 5,800 years. Wait, so you're telling me that... Like 3,582 years. That, that's how old the, the person was at time mm-hmm. of death. Yes. Whoa. At time of death. 3,582 years. Yes. And so they kept saying, oh, this is, something's wrong with this. But the (laughs) test kept coming back in Uh, that range. That is, I don't even really know what to say about that. That's. Mm -hmm. And and what's interesting is that near the dig site, like around the body, they found uh, iron pots. They found a piece of square metal. Similar in appearance to a belt or a hat buckle. <laughs> and 17 grams of golden ore. You gotta be kidding me. <laughs> and, and the thing is, is people from this era, the Neolithic era, mm-hmm. there's no way they would have that type of sophisticated materials with them. Sure. You know, you're talking like what, like cave type Yeah, so Neolithic, people. yeah. They're not going to have hat buckles and... You know what I mean? Well, they wouldn't even have anything to buckle. Really? Yeah. Let alone having a buckle. 
and Dr. Jones, <laughs> cue the music, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he said that um, in his 36 years in the archaeology field, he said that he'd never encountered remains of such a small, mature adult from that era, ever. Jeez. Wow. And so then there there was a junior um, forensic archaeologist there, <laughs> of course, right? The younger guy's like, well, maybe it's a leprechaun, you know? Right. And, of course, they joked about it a little bit, but they're like, well, I mean, what, you know, what else could this be? Um, and when, this is the thing that's really crazy to me. So when they looked back over their field notes, you know, they take notes about like where they found things and why they went this direction. This is the junior archaeologist. He just like kind of did, <laughs> did like a second look because his description in the notes talk about why he decided or they decided to dig in that location where they found the sure. bones, right? Yeah. Okay, so, you know, it's Ireland. It's been raining, you know. It was a, right. a really early rainstorm, I guess. And, but the, but it stopped and they had like two hours of daylight left, okay. And so they um, were looking to see like where they could dig and there was a rainbow. <laughs> okay. And it was pointing straight, well, straight into a clearing that they hadn't dug yet. Wow. And so they decided to dig there. And what they found were these bones and the, the gold. And there are pictures. So, you know, the first picture is of them digging around the skull. Mm, yes, probably yeah. when they're thinking, okay, we found a child. And then the second is like of the full body. Yeah, I see that here. And we'll, we'll put that in, uh, you know, on the Facebook. But yeah. It, I mean, and it's it doesn't look, I mean, it looks proportionate to me. Yeah, I mean, if you didn't tell me that these bones were from a two-foot individual, I would just think you were getting kind of a shot of a of a normally, I wouldn't say normal, but of uh, a, an atypical bone skeleton. Bone skeleton. Well, yeah, I, I would have thought a, a child. Yeah. You know, because they're proportionate for the most part, you know, yeah. especially when they get to be, you know, a little bit older of a child, which is kind of what it looks like. But you know what I see that 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 really that telltale sign of it not being a child is the teeth. What child has that many teeth? They, well, they don't. Yeah. Right. Well, they do at a certain age, but not sure. at three foot tall. Right, not three foot. I mean, three foot would be what a toddler. I mean, yeah. well, maybe even mm-hmm. you know, it, they would certainly not have a a full set of choppers. That look not like that, right? And if you look at some of these, they are what we would call long adult teeth. They're not, you know, small little kids' teeth. No, they're certainly not scary like no <laughs> the I, other one. No, no. And again, I I still think there's some liberties taken on that one for sure. But what I, you know, why I'm more likely to believe this this is these are scientists right right these aren't just hikers saying oh i found this right these are actually scientists archaeologists and they're not gonna just say oh this is a leprechaun no if they don't have any other way to explain this sure and obviously 
Indy has no idea how to explain this. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> That's hilarious. Wow. And the and the carbon dating, you know, the bones, all that stuff, that, that makes no sense. I mean, that... I mean, what... There's no explanation there. I mean, I tend to try to think very rational about these things, especially when it comes to science, but... If they ran this test over and over and over again, and they get the same result. Mm-hmm. I it's mean, it's not it, a flub at that point. No, I mean, it's not a flub, and it gets really harder and harder to refute that the more times you take it. Yeah, it's measure just, twice, cut once, right? Yeah, it's right. the same same thing. Because <laughs> yeah. you're more likely to mess up if you only try it once, but if you've tried it multiple times and it's coming back. I don't know how to explain that. No. And if we were talking about, you know, some of the early days of carbon dating, okay, I can have a few errors. This, this is 2018. Yeah, this is 2018. So mm-hmm. it's not like, you know, it's not like it was so long ago that we didn't perfect carbon dating. Right. Wow. So I found that one extremely interesting. Now, um, I, I, I would think that given everything that we've covered today, that to me is the one that holds the most probability. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah, we look at the the one where they did the, you know, scary teeth thing. I mean, that to me is more in keeping of the, of the traditional, except for the teeth, the traditional, you know, quote unquote leprechaun look. Evil little spirits. Yeah. Playing like, tricks. Right, and, exactly. Yeah. Whereas that right there, when, when you guys get a chance to look at these pictures, I mean, it's that's pretty impressive, you know. That's that is that is one of those aha moments where, again, you have this mythical thing, and you think, well, there's just no way it can exist. And every once in a while, mm-hmm. something comes along and says, ah, 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 maybe not so fast. Yeah. Hmm. Well, you know, that's uh. That is interesting with leprechauns. You know, I mean, I never thought that I'd take such a deep dive on something that, you know, as a kid, you just go, well, you know, St. Patrick's Day leprechaun. Just want the marshmallows. Right, just want the marshmallows. (laughs) Let me eat this thing. You can throw away the oat stuff. I just want the marshmallows, right? Yeah. But, you know, when you break it down and you look at it, it's, um, it's quite an interesting story because, again, it's one of those mythical beings or cryptid or whatever you want to say that that has been around my entire life has been around probably everybody's life for so long that we just automatically think that's just a myth and you know there is some reality to it and especially if you're in ireland you know oh absolutely i mean they they believe in leprechauns they believe in Mm -hmm. fairies now i'm not going to say every single citizen believes that but a lot do and You've got to think, even if it's made up, right? Mm -hmm. This has got to come from somewhere. Sure. Right? Yeah, I mean, every story has some basis. Every story comes from somewhere. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that there's a complete explanation for everything. Now, someone did try. Yeah. Okay, obviously, you're always going to have those people. Sure. Um... So, and it's American, of mm. course. We love to tell everybody else what the deal is. <laughs> right. 
I apologize for that. <laughs> we're not all like that, but no, we're not. We, I know we are known for that. Yeah. Thinking we know everything and trying to tell everybody else. Yep. The deal. But um, he's a doctor, Dr. O'Neill at Penn State University. Okay. And he studies Irish history. Sure. Okay. So he tried, I guess he wrote a book and he tried to explain as to what, where these origins came from and why we do this and why we do that. Okay. And it, and it is a little interesting. Um, so I will, you know, tell you about what he has said. Sure. Okay. And then we can, you know, yeah. talk about it. Mm -hmm. He says that today's Irish legends stem from stories of real people. Okay. okay. In the fifth century BC, Gaelic invaders discovered a pre-Celtic race in which men were about five feet tall. Okay. And I think this is probably proven by, you know, archaeology. Sure. Yeah. Um, the invaders called them little people, and the world of the word, sorry, the word eventually morphed into leprechaun. Okay. I don't know how that morphs. Yeah. I mean, words do morph over yeah. time. The little people in the leprechaun. Okay, yeah. I mean, well, they called them little people probably in their language. Right. Okay. The Gaelic I, I language. You know. Yep. Okay. So, whatever that is morphed, and that makes more sense. Okay? Right. So, the little people buried their dead with valuables. The invaders believed it was gold. Okay. Okay. Um, he said they could never find these buried treasures, which probably never existed, because the little people didn't have vast treasures. He's like, I don't think they mined, let alone coined gold. More likely, they would find hunting gear or clay pots. This is what sure. Dr. O'Neill said. Okay. okay. Um... Unable to find an explanation for the lack of treasure, people spun tales that grew into legends. It became widely reported that you could find the burial locations at the end of the rainbow. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Draper said the story developed that way because it's an impossible place. There's yeah. a sense of it's just out of reach. Sure. It's just out of reach of mortals. You feel like if you can go close enough, you can touch it, which that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Perfect okay. sense, yeah. Over the years, the story morphed. He said people started to believe the little people's ghosts, also called leprechauns, guarded the graves at the rainbow's end. Mm. A leprechaun is not really this kind of cute little guy with a red beard and a green outfit the way he becomes in the Irish-American legend. He said this is a fairy folk. It's a very large fairy. This fairy is a drunkard, <laughs> which I that's the first time I've heard that. Yeah. But yeah. it's usually an old man who most often wears red. Interesting. Like we talked about before. Yeah. Um, this creature was a cobbler, a shoemaker, and a shoe mender for the fairies who were sort of the royalty okay. of the fairy world. So there's even... <laughs> <laughs> the hierarchy of the... Yeah. 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 Jeez. Middle class, low class. <laughs> yeah, right. Got the whole thing, right? <laughs> Skid row. Skid row leprechauns. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you. Yeah. So, I mean, some of that could make sense. Yeah. But... I... I... No, I, I don't discount some of this, of course. Uh, yeah, why he thinks. I mean, it's, it's yeah. a great opinion. Yep. But, I mean, the rainbow thing, absolutely. Yeah, of course. He's probably absolutely correct about sure. that. Because that's the only thing because that really you, makes sense. Yeah, I yeah. mean, in most of these encounters with leprechauns that I read, I mean, and I'm not presenting them because you can go online and just read. Sure. I mean, there's yeah. a gazillion, right? Mm-hmm. 
they never talk about going to the end of the rainbow and finding the leprechaun. Right. right. They always say that they're out walking and they hear this or they hear that or sure. they spot them. Or, you know, there was one about these people were in a car and three little men like ran out in front of the road and they stopped the car and they jumped on the hood. Right. <laughs> right. So it's always stuff like that. There's no rainbow there. There's never a rainbow ever <laughs> a rainbow in these stories. Right. I mean, even the leprechaun whisperer doesn't talk about seeing a rainbow and then finding this, right? Mm-hmm. You, you hear about them seeing them yep. them playing tricks, yep. finding their clothes, finding the gold, find, you know, there's always that type of stuff, but there's never the rainbow thing. And that totally makes sense. Yeah, I of course. Think. Yeah. Um, I don't know why he's a drunkard. Yeah. That doesn't make sense to me unless I don't know. Anyway, how would they even know that? I don't know. You know? That, I mean, that's what I mean. I mean, how can he... Well, and the, the other thing that, that's interesting about that is the very beginning, they said they were, what, five foot tall? Well, like the that. the people were five foot tall, and they right. called them little people compared to the, the ones that came in were much taller. Right. But even that, at five foot, or even a little smaller, we'll just say. Well, they're just saying that the, the term little people morphed into this right. leprechaun. Right. Right. But even still, that's not two foot, three foot. No. You know? No. I mean, people are seeing something. Right. So, then he, he kind of says that, you know, we know St. Patrick, okay? He went to Ireland to convert people to Christianity. Right. Because originally it was... Pagan, right? Mm-hmm. So, despite the mass conversions, so this is basically kind of what I said earlier. Um, pagan myths, legends, and traditions continued. They mm. had to just keep it quiet. Sure. Yeah. Right. They went underground. Mm-hmm. These traditions merged with Christian beliefs. As I would imagine. It. Okay. He explained that Christians view the rainbow as a representation of God's promise to never again destroy the earth with a flood, which is true. Okay. St. Patrick's Day is really about a transition from paganism to Christianity. Mm -hmm. And the plot thickens. Mm -hmm. And that makes sense. If they're trying to force and push it, you know then they they feel like if they get them to accept that then they're accepting the Christ- Christianity. What well, they don't just tidies up quick, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. So I mean that the, the <laughs> but paganism's still here. Oh yeah. Which I mean, they don't realize and they celebrate it every year. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Without knowing um and if they knew they probably would They'd probably stop. Yeah. Well, no. I they I don't wouldn't. Think so, but still They wouldn't. But Anyway, yeah. I, I think it's an interesting take on what he has to say yeah. about his opinion about the whole thing. But it still does not explain the sightings. No. I mean, no. even bones aside, you yep. know, for the people that said they found these things, right? Sure. The sightings. That's the that's the linchpin. And that know? many people can't you know, there have been a lot. And there have been Americans yeah. that go to Ireland. And say they've seen something, or they've seen a fairy, and and they were shocked. Sure. You know, like, they're real. They come back and they say they are real. Well, you know, and again, it's it's one of those where you have mythos, you have all these different things, Mm -hmm. and everybody just says, well, that's just part of fantasy. And to a large degree, yes, some of that is true. But every once in a while, 
the crazies get out of the nut house, so to speak, and you find something. Yeah. And then what do you do? You can't just all of a sudden start saying, well, it doesn't exist, nothing to see here, you know? Well, and, you know, whether they're a cryptid or they are, you know, supernatural of some sort, they're not going to just be out there and make themselves known. No. Especially in this world. No, would you? No. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? Especially if you, let's just say, on surface level, if you had some kind of wealth and gold, I mean, I, I'd keep to myself. Well, and they don't want to be around us. They want to oh. be, you know, hidden in a way. And, you know, yeah. they're not going to just present themselves. So, I mean, no. it's it's an interesting thing. I think it would yeah. be really fun to go to the whole leprechaun hunt. Oh, um, yeah, of course. That would be awesome. Yeah, that would um, be a lot of fun. That's definitely a bucket list thing. I'd love to go do that. Yeah. You I know? mean, I've never made it to Ireland or Scotland, which is... Yeah. One of my wishes someday. I Mine mean, I too. would love to go and just spend so much time there. Um, yeah. It's, I, yeah, if anybody know. wants to put us up, we can do the podcast from <laughs> Scotland or Ireland. <laughs> but, you can put up with us for yeah, a little Yeah, right, just for a little bit. So, um, you know, just kind of putting a little, what I call a bow on it. Um, you know, we have so many different celebrations, uh, you know, parades, different things like that. But... As you know, and as most people listening to this that are from America, and some that probably aren't that have visited during this time, there is a very large celebration that happens in Chicago. Um, and if you want to talk a little bit about that and what, you, what you've seen, but I know that my family originates from that area, right? Um, I've never actually been there when they've done the celebration. I've been there just shortly after. And just shortly before, but never during the actual celebration. So I still want to see this, by the way. But um, to say that Chicago has such a large amount of Irish uh, people that live there. Um, so, yeah, I would see where anyway, I'll let you I'll let you kind of key in. But, uh, yeah, the celebration in Chicago. So. This is not the only big city that does this. No, right. But this is the most renowned one. Mm-hmm. People, you know, because there are a lot of Irish Americans. You know, sure. they take a lot of pride in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, you know, die the section, not the whole right. thing, a section of the river green. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, they don't let anyone know what the ingredients are, <laughs> of course. <laughs> but it's said to be an orange-red vegetable-based powder. Okay. It used to be a chemical-heavy, like, plumber dye. Yeah. But in 1966, environmentalists petitioned the city to switch to something more eco-friendly. Good Lord, thank God. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) because, oh, why would... Yeah. Anyway, we did a lot of that stuff back then. Yeah, we did. Thankfully, we know better now. It's just getting people to do it. (laughs) Yep, exactly. Um, So, it's the Chicago Journeyman Plumbers Local Union 130... Are the ones that dye the river. Hmm. Okay, it takes 50 pounds of dye, a couple of motorboats, and 45 minutes to turn a portion of the 156 mile Chicago River green. So, relatives of the very first people to dye the river are still participating and helping to do it, which I think is really cool. It's like a family tradition that's For been sure. passed down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they dye it just a few hours before the annual St. Patrick's Day Parade. 
And I mean, there's so many people that flock to this, and it's oh, yeah. it's really cool. And I've never seen it either. One of these days, we're gonna go up there. Yeah. I mean, Chicago is known as the Windy City. Yep. Right. Which is, I mean, we've been to Chicago, so, just not during yeah. that. Yep. Um, but part of that, the Windy City, it's usually still really cold. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. On St. Patrick's Day, and we are not fans of no. the cold. Not um, at all. Not in the least. But um, I would like to do that someday. But yeah. Maybe we, maybe we get it done next year. Yeah. It'll be a lot of fun. Well, listen, thanks uh, thanks for thanks for stopping by and doing the show with me. And uh, if you're if you're still listening, thank you for spending this time with us. Um, hopefully, have a fun celebration. Have have fun, but be responsible. You know, I don't don't drink so much uh, green beer that things are different colors coming out of you the next morning. So. Have a little fun. Be responsible. Anything you want to add, Nikki or Nicole? Yeah, I mean, we have St. Patrick's Day to celebrate the Irish. Right. Right. We need to also remember to be respectful. Yep. Um, and, I mean, take pride Yeah. in that bloodline because they were fighters, you know. Mm-hmm. Look sure. how many of their descendants came here. Yeah. And they were, you know the great potato famine right they were starving they had to leave in order to survive and they survived they sure did i mean their blood is here i mean we are all over the place we may be mixed with a bunch of other stuff yeah now but i mean i am one who likes to to honor that and and there are a lot of americans that do yeah um and we don't celebrate saint patrick we're just celebrating the fact that 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 we have the strong, proud Irish, you know, blood in our, in our veins. And we all would love to be able to tell the Irish people that. So Absolutely. And and again, yeah, I mean, they survived and still going strong. Yeah, they are. I'm all one right. of them. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, again, thank you so much for listening. And uh, we will we'll catch you guys next week. Thank you so much for joining us. Our podcast is available just about everywhere you can put a podcast these days. Also, uh, hopefully coming soon to a YouTube channel near you. We're going to start incorporating a little bit of video content, so we'd love to have you there. By the same name, Generation X Paranormal. Thank you and have a great day.